0: what's up everybody and welcome to episode 32 of the first and foremost sports podcast i am one of the co-hosts the one and only quentin douglas and i'm jimmy covington how y'all doing what's up what's up how you doing jimmy i'm
1: chilling bro you know waiting on old joe to win this election what (laughs) about you
0: Yes, yeah, hey man. I was about to say, we had a pretty important day since our last episode. Uh, I hope everybody got out and voted, but like you said, they dragging out these results. And like we said before we got on here, uh, Trump trying to sue now to stop some of the votes from being counted. So I feel like it's going to be a mess, but hopefully we can just get it over with, get out the way, uh, and just move forward. But... So, Let's jump right to it. We're not going to waste any more time. So, at this point, we halfway through the NFL season, bro. So, right now, who's looking like contenders to you?
1: I got three contenders in each each conference. Uh, I really want to go with four. Uh, But, you know, both of those extra contenders on each side, they have, you know, flaws that I can't omit. And I think that's what prevents them from being the top tier contender. But – I'm gonna start with the AFC first. And uh my number one contender in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year's Super Bowl winner, they're sitting here at seven and one. Uh, their their best wins this season have been against Baltimore and Buffalo. They have the best point differential in the league uh, of 101 points. So they're getting it done. They're winning by a nice sizable margin. Offense averaging nearly 32 points per game. The defense is allowing only 19 points a game. So when you think about KC's defense, you don't think about a defense that, that should be that's that good. You know what I'm saying? So nineteen right. points a game is you can work you can you can definitely work with nineteen points a game, especially with the offense that Kansas City has. You know, nearly fifty percent on third down. Uh, and the defense is giving up less than forty percent on third down conversions. Gotta work. Uh, the win-in-time of possession battle each game, that'll definitely work. When you think about the offensive weapons in terms of pass catchers, you know, you might wouldn't think the Kansas City controls the clock like they do. But with adding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell, they have shown that they can definitely run the ball down your throat, and that's making them even more dangerous. And Pat Mahomes, you know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I never think I'd say this, but he's been underrated so far this year. Uh, has a touchdown interception ratio up to, I believe, 22 to one, uh, which is completely insane. Uh, Pat Mahomes has gotten better. You know, as great as he's been the last two years, he's gotten better. Uh, he's, you know, doing a better, he's doing a better job at taking what the defense gives him. He is not thrown for the 400 yards a game. He doesn't need to. He's doing, like I said, he's doing a great job of taking what the defense gives him. And, you know, he still has that ability to take over a game if he needs to. And, like, you know, they have a plus nine turnover ratio. That's definitely great. They have 17 sacks on the year, uh, which isn't that many, uh, but it'll work. And they have forced 14 turnovers so far, uh, so almost to a game. So, you know, giving them extra possessions, which led to more points. And, you know, listen, they won a the championship last year. They're well on their way again this year. I actually have them as my favorites once again. Uh, their toughest remaining games are at Las Vegas, Tampa, and New Orleans. So that's my number one contender there. Uh, For Pittsburgh, they're they're my number two contender in the AFC. Uh, They're and 0 uh, Their best wins. Their best wins are against Baltimore and Tennessee, averaging 30 points a game. And the defense is allowing less than 18 points a game. Uh, So they're definitely – they've definitely balled out. Uh, The defense has been phenomenal this year. Already 30 sacks on the year. Uh, The best pass rushing team on the league. Got a host of guys that can get to a quarterback. T.J. Watt. Bud Dupree, you know, Cam Hayward, Stephon it, all those guys can get after it. You know, almost 50% on third down. Uh, went in time position by nearly five minutes. And, you know, they have some – some, they have a – you know, so far they've had like a, a I would say, kind of easy schedule. Outside of Baltimore, Tennessee, i say they pretty much played some cupcakes.
0: Yeah, um, and it ain't going to get any harder. No,
1: nah, because they played Dallas this week, you know, remaining <laughs> – they got Baltimore again. They have Buffalo once again, and they have Indy, uh, which are all winnable games. But I will say, I don't believe they should have won a game against Baltimore. I think their game is solely on Lamar Jackson, because if you look at the the box score, but well, if you look at the box score without looking at the quarterbacks, then you know that Baltimore dominated their game. Uh, but it's just Lamar's untimely turnovers, you know, is what helped Pittsburgh get their W. Uh, but nonetheless, they're undefeated and they're definitely a contender. My last contender in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. Offensively, you know, they haven't been as efficient in terms of the passing numbers. Lamar has struggled this year, Uh, but, you know, there's a reason behind that. I don't believe they have a true number one receiver. I don't believe Hollywood Brown is a true number one receiver, not at this point in his career. Uh, Their second best receiver is Willie Sneed. I don't know how far you're going to go. No disrespect to Willie Sneed, but I don't know how far you can go with Willie Sneed and Hollywood as your number one, your number two. Uh, they have Mark Andrews. I don't
0: cut
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> they have Mark Andrews, who's a great, who's a great tight end. But he does drop passes from time to time. They just lost two starting offensive linemen on IR uh, last week. They lost their left tackle and they lost their starting right guard. So that's something to pay attention to. Uh, but so far, Baltimore's schedule, you know, their best win has been against Cleveland. Uh, like I said, they've lost against Pittsburgh and they've lost to Kansas City. But, you know, their win, they don't – the only quality win I would say they have is against Cleveland. Uh, but they've still been able to yes, average.
0: Give or take. <laughs>
1: exactly. Even with even with Lamar's struggles this year, he still only has four interceptions. Uh, I think it's the efficiency that's, that's what's bothering people. But they're still averaging 29 points a game. The defense is playing terrific, only allowing less than 17 a game. Uh, the 43% on third down. The defense is only, is only allowing 34% on third down. They're winning the time of possession battle, as expected. Uh, they have 24 sacks on the year, and they force 12 turnovers. And they they added, you know, the trade deadline, they added Yannick Ngakwe, who's a perennial 10-sack guy his first four years in the league. Uh, so, you know, they got a little better. They added Dez Bryant, who, you know, I believe will get added, you know, to the regular roster pretty soon, I'm sure he can help out. If Dez is, you know, if Dez has, you know, recovered from the Achilles properly, it's been two years. Uh, once he gets in condition, I think he'll be able to help hey, I, him out. I'm glad he's back. But now moving on to the NFC. Uh, my number one contender in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sitting there at 6-2. They have quality, some high-quality wins uh, against Chicago, Green Bay, and the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, you know. Have a plus 82 point differential, averaging almost 30, 31 points per game. Uh on 20 points a game. They're pretty good on third now. Uh they win the time possession battle. They have a plus six turnover ratio. They have 28 sacks. Uh, they're one of the probably the second or third best pass rushing team in the league. They forced 12, they forced 12 turnovers so far. Uh and they got a, they got a couple tough, you know, remaining games for the most part against uh, New Orleans and Kansas City, they will have both of those games at home. Uh, so those are going to be some tough outs. But, you know, I love the way the defense is playing. Uh, Tom Brady is spreading it around. Ronald Jones is running, you know, tough between the tackles. And like I said a couple weeks ago, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, if, you know, if they were hosting the Super Bowl in their own stadium. My second contender in NFC is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson and D.K. Metcalf have been simply sensational so far this year. Uh, we know what Russell Wilson is done. Uh, but my concern with Seattle uh, is the defense. Uh, the defense has given up nearly 25 points per game. So, Russell Wilson has had to be spectacular in every game. I and mean, If he makes mistakes, you know, like he did in Arizona, you know, they, they're not going to be able to win games, uh, especially come playoff time. Uh, they're actually losing a turn-over time possession battle uh, per game, but it's only about less than a minute. Uh, they only have 12 sacks, uh, which is, you know, one thing about, you know, Pete Carroll team is they've been able to get after the quarterback, not the greatest, but it's been a lot better than this. Uh, they added Carlos Dunlap, uh, who's a serviceable defensive end. He should be able to help them out. Uh, but they have been able to force 14 turnovers, uh, which is pretty impressive considering, you know, how many points, how many yards they've given up. Uh, you know, their defense against third down is absolutely terrible. Allow teams to convert forty-eight percent of their third-down opportunities, and uh, their toughest remaining games are Buffalo and Arizona. So, Seattle is a team to watch; they could be very easily win a Super Bowl as well. And uh, my last contender in the NFC uh, is the Green Bay Packers, sitting at five and two. Uh, their best win is against New Orleans. Uh, they have a point thir- plus thirty-two point differential. <laughs> Uh, 49% on third down, averaging 31 points a game. Uh, winning the time of possession battle by nearly five minutes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, a revelation this year. He's balled out. He's been a man on the mission. Uh, they do have a couple bad losses, you know, against Tampa Bay where they got beat down. And they lost last week, surprisingly. Uh, the defense is a problem like it's been in previous years. And Aaron Rodgers, once again, is his greatness is being shown he's able to cover up some of the warts that their team has. The pass rush hasn't been as great as it was last year. And quite frankly, they don't force any turnovers. They only have four forced turnovers uh, in seven games. So they have some tough games remaining, you know, at Indy versus Chicago and versus Tennessee. Those are all going to be tough games. Um, but those are my contenders for most conferences.
0: Man, I see I'm going to have to school you real quick. Well, for one, I, I don't have – Three contenders from each conference. Cause I'm gonna go and say it now: Baltimore and Green Bay. As it stands now in my book, I don't think they could, they would be in the Super Bowl if it were to happen today. Uh, But I do have the Steelers and Chiefs, and I also agree with the Bucks and Seahawks. Uh, So I'm gonna just cut to it. I don't want to repeat a lot of what you said, but Pittsburgh, like you said, seven and zero. Um, The thing I think I like about them is they've shown that they can get ugly wins, you know, against Tennessee. They nearly blew a 20-point lead. They had this game against Baltimore. Baltimore outgained them by over 200-plus yards, uh, and Pittsburgh still found a way uh, to create turnovers and uh, squeak out their win. And then you have to look at, at the foundation. They got a a coach, a good head coach, and Mike Tomlin. They had a quarterback who's won Super Bowls before and a veteran, and they got an elite defense that can get after quarterbacks and create turnovers. In my opinion, second, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are arguably the most complete team in football right now. Uh, Of course, we know what their offense brings to the table. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes, the best player of football right now. He can make any throw. You ask him to any part of the field. Uh, but the underrated part of their team is since week 12 of last year, they've had a top five NFL defense. And, of course, we remember how, uh, how solid they were down the stretch in the playoffs last year. But even this year, the Chiefs have the third best defense in football right now. Uh, so I definitely think that's something that can't be ignored. But like I said with Pittsburgh, it's going to be a battle between them and the Chiefs for who gets their one seed in the AFC because that's going to be a huge down the stretch. Now going to the NFC side, of course right now I got the best team being the Bucks. Tom Brady, Sean, he hasn't gone anywhere since week two. He's throwing 18 touchdowns and two interceptions, which is only second. <laughs> right, it's nasty. That's only second to Patrick Mahomes. That's ridiculous. And you have to remember, too, he hasn't even had all of his weapons healthy so far this year. Because, I mean, O.J. Howard, he's hurt. Chris Godwin's been battling injuries. Uh, So this A-B edition, people are saying, you know, they pretty much got a super team, but he hasn't been able to keep players on the field around them. So just the fact that they've still been winning ball games seamlessly uh, is a big, big uh, hats off to Tom Brady. Uh, and that defense is balling too. Uh, in my opinion, they're easily the best defense in the NFC. Like you said, we saw what they did to Green Bay. Uh, and I think they could easily do that same thing to Seattle, given that suspect offensive line they got which brings me to my second contending team, Seattle, which I will say I'm not the biggest fan of Seattle as a team because uh, with them, everything starts and ends with Russ. And all it takes is him having, uh, him having one off game in the playoffs and they going home. Uh, but the good thing about the Seahawks, they can actually get better Because, of course, Jamal Adams has been hurt most of the year. Uh, They added Carlos Dunlap, like you said, which was a pretty good addition. And, I mean, he's basically been playing with guys off the street at running back. Uh, So, once those guys get healthy, too, that'll add another dimension to that offense. Because Chris Carson is a good running back. Uh, But looking at it collectively, I got to give credit to DK. Uh, Tyler Lockett and those guys because they're probably the best group of weapons that Russ has had, uh, his entire time he's been in Seattle. But like we both said, I just really don't know about that defense. They did show good signs against San Francisco, but we were playing without our number one corner. Uh, or now nah, let me look at offense, we we're playing without our number one receiver. Jimmy G went out with an ankle injury. George Kittle went out. Raheem Mostert been out. Tevin Coleman went out with a knee injury. Uh, and we still had 27 points. So, I mean, they they looked solid. But like I said, that's still going to be the Achilles heel uh, come playoff time. So, if I had to pick right now, I'd say Super Bowls, Tampa Bay and Kansas City. What you think?
1: Um, that's about right. I, I would say that too so far. Unless yeah. you know, I don't I don't believe I don't believe Pittsburgh could beat Kansas City. I mean I know, yeah, I know
0: Especially if they gotta go through Kansas City.
1: I know I know the way to beat, you know, Kansas City is to get pressure on Pat Mahomes, but them them cornerbacks and safeties not matching up. I mean, let's keep it real. Them linebackers, they not matching up. Let's keep it real here. <laughs> And, I mean, to be honest with you, Pittsburgh's offense hasn't been spectacular, to be completely honest with you.
0: I mean, And they don't have a running game either.
1: I mean, James Conner's been, you know, okay. But Ben Roethlisberger has, you know, like I said, if you look at last game, Ben Roethlisberger was not good until late. Nope. And even versus Tennessee, if you look at how they played in the first half of the game, in the second half of the game, it's not something you want to see from a title contender.
0: Um, but It's not going to cut it. Know,
1: no, but like I said, I got KC 180 dog.
0: No doubt. All right. So, I mean, another important day that just passed, the NFL trade deadline. We thought it was going to be some fireworks, but, I mean, for the most part, really wasn't too much going on. But from the moves that did happen, uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from the trade deadline?
1: Oh, uh, well, first, I want to say that I think, you know, the reason that it's a couple of reasons why I feel like, you know, the trade airline wasn't as spectacular. And first, I want to say because of COVID and, you know, testing and travel and all that stuff. And secondly, is because, you know, due to COVID, you know, next year's salary cap is projected to go down. Uh, so, I think that also, you know, that also scares some teams away. But I, don't, typically, I only have two takeaways. Uh, first thing is, you know, nothing really, like I said, nothing really spectacular happened. But I think, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Baltimore added to a strength of uh, pass rushing to the defense. I think the defense is the strongest, you know, it's the strongest unit on that team. They added Yannick Ngakwe, uh from the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 third-round pick in the 2022 fifth-round pick, uh, which is basically nothing to get for that guy. Uh, you know, so far in the year, he has five sacks, five tackles for a loss, seven quarterback hits, and he has two forced fumbles. And keep in mind, last game, he played very few snaps last game. Uh, so you basically at the numbers in, in six games. So basically on pace for over 10 sacks again, over 10 forced fumbles. And he's a perennial 10-sack and 10-tackle for a loss guy. And this is what he's been his first four seasons. And he's gonna take the ball away. He's gonna force, you know, at least by three or four formals each year. Uh so, you know, adding the pass rusher to, you know, to a conference with with Patrick Mahomes and uh, Big Ben, you know, getting after the pass after the after the quarterback is gonna be key. And if you're looking at the king of the hill, like I said, Kansas City, the way to beat Kansas City, you gotta be able to get pressure and you gotta be able to match up. Uh, you can't play Patrick Mahomes too much zone. And you can't play too much man-to-man. And I think, you know, Baltimore does a great job of mixing coverages. Predominantly they play man because they can do that. But I do feel they have the versatility to play some zone, too, and switch it up. So, adding, you know, Yannick Ngakwa I think was the best move out of out of the few moves that were made. Uh, and my second takeaway, my last one, is, you know, once again, Green Bay refuses to get Aaron Rodgers some help. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just call it they what it is. They just
0: knew for sure they was getting real fuller.
1: I mean, let's just call it what it is. They refused to make moves, big moves in free agency. Uh Their last draft, uh, this past draft, was extremely terrible. They drafted a bunch of guys who virtually contributed nothing to the cause, uh, which I don't understand. Uh, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is 43. He's 36. Uh, He still has some, as you can see, he, you know, he turned back the clock a little bit. He's been balling out. He's, this is the best I've seen in Rogers since the 2011 MVP season, uh, statistically. Uh, and you think about it, even Devontae Adams missed a couple games. And, you know, they won. The games that Devontae Adams missed, they still was able to win those games. Uh, so, I mean, like, just – I don't know why. I mean, I, I understand why they didn't. I believe the Houston Houston's asking price was too high, and Will Fuller is in the contract year. Uh, so, I believe Green Bay didn't feel that, you know, the price tag, what they wanted uh, for for rental, basically. Yeah, they didn't um, want too much. It wasn't worth it. And then Devontae Adams, you know, I think his contract is up maybe this year or next. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be looking to get paid. He's one of the top five receivers in the game. So he saw the money that Julio and Mike T got. And so, you know, and D-Hop, so you know the money that he's going to command. So they figured, you know, Will Fuller, you know, wasn't worth, you know, the investment.
0: And Alan Lazar, he wasn't playing too bad either, but I think he hurt right now. Yep. So maybe when he come back, he'll be straight. But like you said, you already talked about it. Of course, the Ravens got Yannick and Gakway. Seem like the Ravens been signing everybody. Uh, but I get the move. They've been aggressive. Of course, you got a quarterback who's on a rookie contract and you got a Super Bowl window. So you got all the resources to pretty much be as aggressive as you want on defense. Uh, And like you said, they get after the quarterback, but they blitz actually 48% of the time. So getting a guy like that, now you can get more pressure uh, just sending four guys and dropping four or seven back in coverage because we show in San Francisco, that's pretty much the best formula to be in a team like Kansas City. Uh, but as you said, and is a difference maker. Uh, the Vikings looking at it from their side, they pretty much thought they were in win now mode. I don't know how when Kirk Cousins is just starting quarterback, but they're one and five right now. Uh, but I feel like they could have gotten more for Ngakwe, especially looking at the Chiefs gave a first and second for Frank Clark, and even the 49ers when we got D4. We gave a second-round pick, so for them to get a third and a fifth for a guy who's only 25, hasn't really missed any games with injuries, uh, that's that's a head-scratcher. Another one I have to talk about, Quan Alexander, of course, went from San Francisco to New Orleans uh, for Kiko Alonzo on the fifth-round pick. It's a low-risk, high-reward move for the Saints. He's an athletic three-down veteran linebacker. Uh, he definitely brought a spark to our linebacker room. But the biggest things for him is just staying healthy. And I know especially this year he was having issues with missing tackles. Uh, but like you said, it makes sense on our side, too, with saving cap room. We don't know how that's going to look next year. And then, too, it allows us to make Drake Greenlaw full-time starter now since we pretty much primarily play two linebackers anyway. Uh, But Quan Alexander made $23 million, and he missed like half the games he played with us. Uh, And then the last move, the Titans upgraded their secondary and got Desmond King for a six-round pick. Uh, The Titans' secondary has been terrible this year, especially in slot I looked at. They've allowed 757 yards to slot receivers this year. Uh, and that's sixth most in the NFL. And, of course, that's notable considering they lost Logan Ryan in the offseason but didn't re-sign him. And then, of course, Adoree Jackson's been battling injuries. And Christian Fulton, he's a rookie, so, of course, he's had his growing pains. But, of course, they're hoping that move will help with their pass rush. And then looking from the Chargers side, they're two and five, so they didn't really have a need for him. Uh, he'd only play like half their defensive snaps this year anyway. And two, uh, they gave a lot of money to Chris Harris this offseason. Uh, but those are pretty much just my biggest takeaways from trade deadline. Uh, but last but not least, we got I give him his roses section uh, or segment. So, Jimmy, who are you giving your roses to this week? Uh, for
1: week three, uh, I'm going one of the most entertaining and you know, electric receivers of the 2000s. I'm going with Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Chad Ochocinco. Listen, the man simply should be in the Hall of Fame. He is the modern-day NFL receiver. Right? He's a trendsetter, and uh, he's one of the, the best entertainers of the 2000s. Uh, he had, in only 11 seasons, had 766 receptions, over 11,000 yards, 67 touchdowns. He was a six-time pro bowler, pro bowler excuse me. three-time first-team all-pro, one-time second-team all-pro. He had six straight seasons of 1,100-plus yards. He had seven 1,000-yard seasons. And if you think about some of the receivers that played during that time, some of the great receivers that played during that time, you had Randy Moss, T.O., Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Derrick Mason, Torrey Holt, Heinz Ward, Isaac Bruce, Steve Smith, Larry Fitzgerald, and Andre Johnson. Those were all some of the receivers that he had to compete with in that time. And he was still able to rack up some, some great accolades. Being a four-time All-Pro is, is not a laughing achievement. And being a six-time Pro Bowl is not a laughing achievement. If you think about it, he played with some terrible Cincinnati Bengals teams. Uh, he only played in four playoff games, so, you know, that – as a receiver, you can only do so much. But one thing about Chad, he did he did his job uh, at arguably the highest level that you could have done it that during that time. He has more receiving touchdowns than Michael Irvin, who's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, why is, why is Chad out in the Hall of Fame? And I think if you think about it, I think it's the same thing they did to T.O., same thing they did, did to Randy Moss. Uh, politics, as, as they will say, people would say politics uh, – you know, some of the things he did on the field, they didn't like. He got fined a lot of money, uh, which I felt like was ridiculous. Most of the fines he received was ridiculous. Uh, But he added, you know, an element of fun to the game that fans basically, you know, fans go to play good, good – paid to go watch good football. But they also come to see some entertainment. And I think he was arguably the greatest entertainer of the 2000s. Hey, I can't
0: disagree with that one. Ocho was definitely – uh one of my favorite childhood receivers growing up but this week I went with a guy who's currently in the NFL and I feel this dude has been disrespected by his own team uh but I'm going with Aaron Jones of uh, the Green Bay Packers the running back uh like I said I mean this dude's been disrespected by his own team uh I know so far this year Right now he has 389 rushing yards, five touchdowns, uh, and he's still averaging five yards a carry. Uh, but last year, of course, the Packers went 13 and 3. This guy had over a thousand rushing yards and 16 touchdowns. And I mean, for the majority of last year, they pretty much leaned on him to be the primary source of their offense because Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing the way he's playing right now last year. And, I mean, even right now, Aaron Jones is the guy who consistently moves the chains for their offense. Uh, And at times, I think his efficiency uh, as a producer takes a hit because he's being overused, which once again goes to the issue at receiver not having that additional receiving threat uh, puts more on the running back because he's also a threat in the passing games. Uh, and then looking at it, they used the second round pick on AJ Dillon. Why, when you got Aaron Jones and you had Jamal Williams as his backup guy? I mean, I don't get it. In my opinion, Aaron Jones a top ten running back. Uh, and you could even argue based on his value to that offense that he's top five, but. I feel like a guy who doesn't get talked about enough is Aaron Jones or the Packers. But did you have anything else to add, bro? Oh, no. No, I just want to say,
1: uh, y'all be safe. Uh, You know, Trump supporters, uh, you know, been talking about getting rowdy. uh, So, y'all be safe. Protect yourselves. Uh, That's all. All
0: right. Well... That's about all I got too. That'll do it for this episode. Appreciate y'all for supporting us as always. Uh be sure to go follow us on Facebook. You can like our page. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Uh continue to share our podcast. And we signing out. I'm Quinn Douglas. And I'm Jimmy Cubins. Thank y'all. All right. Appreciate y'all. Deuces.